this morning then, we are going to continue, as Mark said, on our main series for this year, for 2019, that we're calling The Reset, and most of you are familiar, this is, this is a series that is really just about getting us as the church, as the people of God, back to the, the, the foundation, to the essence of our faith and our life in Christ and our mission, right? So, and we find that around the great commandment that Jesus gives us to love God with all, to love others, and, and in the great commission, which is our mission as the church, to share the gospel, to come and bring the gospel, and to make disciples of all nations. That's where we're going. And as Mark said, uh, last week we, we finished up, we wrapped up our, uh, our, uh, the first part of our series on, on talking about the heart, about loving God with all of our heart. And so today then we want to take the next step together uh, and look at and talk about loving God with all of our mind. Okay? So some of you guys right now are just like, what? Um, no, no, so like, I'm, what my prayer is is that like your mind even now like is being activated. Because sometimes, you ever notice how you can look at somebody and you don't hear anything they say, right? Like, like your mind's on, it's just not active, right? Like my kids do that to me all the time, it's like blank stare, right? I'm like, hey, hey, pick up, pick up, pick up your room. Hey, Mason, Mason, Mason. I say it like seven times, right? Anybody? Mason, they say, what? Dude, like, are you hearing me? I, I'm, so, like, my prayer is that God would activate our mind, that, that we can hear this morning and receive what God wants to speak to us. Are you with me? Okay, if you would, stand with me. I'm going to pray, and we're just going to welcome and invite the Lord to speak and to minister. One other thing that I want to say uh, as we get started, because I want to pray for this also. So, um, uh, this week, there was that terrible bombing that took place, right, Christchurch, New Zealand, um, Man, we're just seeing this kind of stuff happen all over the world. And, and, and again, th this one just sort of took center stage a little bit because the truth is, is this happens all the time. I mean, churches in Nigeria are getting like obliterated and, and in India and all kinds of places. And so sometimes there's these events that sort of come to the forefront. But, but the sad reality is, is that, that there's violence that's taking place all over our world. And that's not the heart of God. And, and so we're, we're, as a church, I want to just say, like, God loves people. Yeah, and so we, we love the family of God, and we love the body of Christ, but we love people, and we want to just pray, and we just want to ask God to meet every single person in this time, right? Like, one of the amazing things about God is that God is a God who turns tragedy into triumph, right? That, that, that God is a God who comes into our pain and into our hurt, and he uses that even as an opportunity for his name to be known. And so we're going to just pray, and we're just going to lift up all the folks there. Uh, and just ask God to be present. Ask God to minister in their hearts and in their lives. That God would do something amazing in the midst of this tragedy. Amen? All right, let's pray. Father, thanks for this morning. God, we love you. God, you're good. You're faithful. You're true. God, you made mankind in your image and likeness. With dignity and value and worth and purpose. Lord, and you said that. That it's your will that none would perish, but that all would come to the saving knowledge of you, Jesus. And God, you know all the things happening around the world, Lord. There's nothing going on that's a surprise to you, God. There's nothing that comes to you as a shock. And, but Lord, right now, we just, as a community of faith, Lord, we just lift up all, all the folks there in Christ Church. God, for all those who, who have been affected, for all those who've been wounded, God, for the many who are mourning today. God, we ask that you would 
minister to them by your spirit. Even now, Lord God, that you would comfort them. Lord God, that you would awaken even hearts and minds to you today. Holy Spirit, we know that, that you are the one who leads us to the Father. You are the one who convicts the world of righteousness and of sin. And, and, and God, we just ask, Lord, that, that you would reveal yourself to the folks there in a mighty and powerful way, that they would know you, that they'd know your love, God, that they'd know your peace, Lord, that peace would reign over them, that they'd know your comfort today. Holy Spirit, you say that Jesus said that you would be the comforter, and God, I just pray that you would move in comfort even now, today. God, would you just continue to do a work in the hearts and lives of not just the folks there, but in the hearts and lives of your people. Lord, that, that we would be a people of mission, God, so that every person would know you, have an opportunity, Lord God, to hear your good news. And God, would you just remind us to be in prayer for those who've been hurt, for those who are, who, who've been wounded, for those who've been affected. God, we invite you this morning to come and minister to us. We thank you that you love to be with us, Lord. We thank you, God, that you love to speak to us. God, we thank you, Lord, that you put us here this morning. God, it's not a mistake that we're here. We didn't get here by accident or, accident or by coincidence, Lord. God, you planned for us to be in this place, in this moment, in this time, God, for what you want to bring to our hearts and lives. God, would you... Open us up this morning to hear from you. God, I pray by your spirit, Lord, and ask that you would just open up every mind, Lord, to be fixed on you today. God, that we can hear you, that we would know you, that we could receive of you. God, we invite you to speak. Can you just take a minute and just ask the Lord to speak to you this morning? Just tell him, God, I want to hear from you today. Just tell him, God, would you speak to my heart today? God, would you let me hear from you today? Tell him, God, I want to receive what you have for me today. God, you're good. Thanks for being with us. God, thank you for your word that you tell us is living and active. God, would you minister and speak today in such a way, God, that we'd be forever changed by you. God, we love you, we bless you, we thank you for this time, and we commit it to you. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. You can have a seat. So we're talking about loving God with all of your mind, and not because I say so, um, but because Jesus does, and what the Bible calls the great commandment, and if the, the great commandment is something you've never really heard before, that's okay. Um, the great commandment is simply uh, the words of Jesus that we find in three of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Um, this is all recorded, and, and, and it's a response uh, to a question that Jesus is asked by a teacher of the law. A teacher of the law would have been somebody who, by our standard today, would have been an expert in what God has said. Okay, so this is someone who's coming to Jesus as someone who knows backwards and forwards all of the things that God has already said. He knows the scriptures. He's not curious about the scripture. He's not like, man, I wonder what God has said. I wonder what God thinks is important. All that stuff, he knows this stuff. But he comes to Jesus and he says to him, he says, he says teacher, he says, of all of the commandments, which one is the most important? Right? 
So, so we got all these things, all, all of these things that are, that are super important, all these things that we can do. They're important things, they're good things, they're godly things even. There's so many ways that we can spend our time and energy and effort. And it, it, it seems almost endless, I think, if we're honest. And all of them matter, and we all have good reasons for why we do all of them. And, and, and this is what's going on. And yet, yet the question is, is there something in the midst of all of that stuff? Is there something in the middle of all these great things, of all these things even that we find in Scripture, is there something that is of first importance? Is there something that matters most in regards to what God has said? And here's Jesus' answer. Mark chapter 12, 29 through 30, the most important one. Answer Jesus is this, hear O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. Jesus has an answer to what is of first importance and what is most important. And he says that the most important thing, the first thing, the first place for you and for me is to love God with all that we are. Heart, soul, mind, and strength. And, and, and over the past five weeks, we've been digging into what is, the, what is the heart? What does it mean to love God with our heart, right? And, and that's where we've been. And so today we're talking about the mind. Now, just in case you're wondering and you're, you're kind of a super type A person, almost legalistic to the point, okay, we are going to talk about the soul. All right, you're like, wait a minute, I believe, I believe the scripture reads heart and then soul and then mind, right? Did anybody catch that? When you read? If you caught that, you're that person, okay, because uh, it matters that much to you. Um, but, but don't worry, we're going we're gonna to go there, okay? We're just going to flip-flop a little bit. We'll get back to it. Everything's going to be okay, all right? Um, but, but, but here's where I want to start. Uh, one of the things that we've been, been doing as we, and we've committed to doing as we walk through this series is that as we approach each one of these sections on our heart and soul and mind and strength is to give you an identity statement, to give you a statement to hold on to, um, that, that a truth, that something that you, can, that, that you can meditate on, something that you can think about, and something really that we want you to hold on to forever. You, you guys remember what our heart statement was? Somebody tell me. What was the hard statement? God loves me and what? Yeah, God, God loves me. God, God loves me and he wants to be with me. If you didn't have that one, put that one down now. Okay, if there's, like this is stuff that, you, that we forever want to know. Okay, something you don't ever want to let go of is the truth that God loves you and he wants to be with you. That's never going to stop being true. God loves you and he wants to be with you. That's forever. Okay, let me give you our mind statement. Okay, so if you're, if you're writing down, write this down, hold on to this. Here's our mind statement as we walk through this part of the series. God is who he says he is, and I am who he says I am. God is who he says he is, and I am who he says I am. Okay, God is not whoever or whatever you think he is. And you are not whoever you or anyone else says that you are. You, not really anyways, not truly. You are who God says you are and he is who he says that he is. All right, so let's, let, let's talk about our mind a little bit then. Because I don't know if you know this, but your mind is, is really one of the most amazing things that God has ever created. And, and, and it's really one of the greatest gifts that God could ever have given to you. Your mind, uh, throw that picture up there. This, uh, 
yeah, like, I don't think it really looks like that, but, but it'd be awesome if it does, right? But you get the picture. But, but, but here's why I like it, though, is because your mind is the most complex organ in your entire body, okay? Your, your mind is made up of 100 billion neurons, 10,000 miles of blood vessels, okay? And when you're awake, okay, your mind can produce actually 23 watts worth of power. So, so your mind is actually, you know how when they show that picture of the light bulb above the brain? That's because your mind can actually do that. It could power a light bulb. It could power a clock radio. Your, your mind could power anything that takes about seven to eight double A batteries worth. Okay, which in my house goes a long way, right? Because everything in my house requires AA batteries. And so, like, man, if you could just plug a mind into something, all my kids' stuff would be working and running right now. Uh, but, but your mind is powerful. Okay, get this. Your mind has about 50,000 thoughts a day. A day, 50,000. It can record 800 memories a second for over 75 years. 800 memories. I mean, your mind's working this fast. It can store 100 trillion thoughts. It can process, get this, your, your mind can, is capable of processing a 1,000 things, a 1,000 processes every second, which makes your mind better and faster and more powerful than any computer ever. Your mind is this amazing thing. It's incredible, okay? It's like the greatest thing that there is. And that's just a half, I mean, that's, like, that's just a sliver of how significant your mind is. And God made that, okay? And, and he didn't just make it, he gave it to you. He put that in you. So why does it matter so much? Why is Jesus concerned about our mind, okay? I'm, I'm going to give you three reasons for why your mind matters. Um, if you're writing things down, here's the first one. You could write this down. Uh, why does your mind matter? Here's the first one. Uh, my thoughts, because my thoughts shape my life. Why, why is your mind so important? Number one, because your thoughts shape your Life. Every single action that you take first begins with a thought that you have. If you don't think it, you don't do it. Now, listen to me. What I'm not saying is that everything you think you do. Okay? So I'm not saying that every single thought you have, you act upon. What I am saying, though, is that, that nothing that you do ever begins without a thought. Okay? So that you don't ever do what you don't think, but you don't always do whatever you think. You with me? Okay. All right. In everything you do, you have a thought about it first. And, and that's good and bad, right? Because your actions then are determined by the kinds of thoughts that you're having, whether or not those thoughts are good or bad, right or wrong, true or false. Okay, this is uh, why in the book of Wisdom, which is Proverbs, in Proverbs 4 verse 23, it says to us, be careful how you think your life is shaped by your thoughts. Be careful how you think because your life is shaped by your thoughts. In other translations, it says that as a person thinks within themselves, so are they. Okay? 
Which is really to say that, that your entire life is being directed by your thoughts. Your mind is shaping your life. It's shaping how you see God. It's shaping how you see yourself. It's shaping how you see other people. It's shaping how you see the world around you. Everything is being filtered through your mind. And every action that you take is a response to the thought you have. So what takes place in and what you do with your mind then is a really big deal, yeah? We, we have a tendency in our culture to say things like, wow, I was just thinking it, right? You ever had somebody say, or you ever said that, right? Like, oh, I'm, I'm, I just was thinking it. Like, almost to say, like, no big deal, right? Just, just up here, okay? And it's like, man, no, no, no. It is a big deal what we're thinking about. You guys have heard me say this before. I'll keep saying it, so hopefully you remember it forever, right? Something doesn't have to be true to devastate your life. It just needs to be believed. Yeah? It doesn't have to be true. You just have to believe it. Many people, maybe even some of us here this morning, are still living our life in response to things that we've believed about ourselves that aren't even true. Maybe something that you've heard or, or received growing up, right? So somebody told you at some point in your life that, that you didn't matter, that you were worthless, right? That you were no good. Maybe somebody took advantage of you, right? Somebody used you in a particular way and that planted a thought within your mind about who you are, about who God is. And all of that has done has been bearing fruit in and through your life since that moment. We have this tendency to really prioritize our feelings above our thoughts. And we're going to talk about those when we talk about our soul. And our feelings are important and they really do matter. But, but what we need to know is that our feelings don't shape our life. Our thoughts do. Regardless of whether or not that thought is true. So something for us to consider then would be, what, what is it that I'm giving my mind to? What, what is it that consumes my mind? What is it that I, that, that I tend to be thinking about over and over again? Because our thoughts are really determining our life. And get this, because this is important. Not only do our thoughts determine our life, but in a sense then, our thoughts determine our eternity. Because the reality is, is you cannot love or trust or follow or believe or have faith in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sin unto eternal life apart from your mind. Why does your mind matter? Because your mind is affecting your life and your eternity. Because your thoughts are shaping your life. Here's the second reason why it matters. That my mind... Why does your mind matter? My mind is a battleground against the enemy. Okay? Why, why, why is what I think so important? Why is my mind so significant? It's because my mind is actually a battleground against the enemy. It's in my mind that I win or lose the battle against sin. In reality, all temptation starts in your mind. We have this tendency to think that temptation is out there somewhere, right? We say like, well, they tempted me or that tempted me or whatever it is. That it's something external. But in reality, uh, temptation is within me. 
okay? It wouldn't be tempting to me if it wasn't something that I first had a desire of and a thought about, okay? Sin originates in your mind when we talk about the sins of pride or lust or bitterness or hatred or anger or resentment or worry or fear, whatever it is. Where are those things? They're in your mind. That's where the battleground is. Here's how the Apostle Paul talks about it in Romans chapter 7. Romans 7, verses 22 and 23, says this. It says, Paul says, I love God's law with all my heart. I love his word. I love what he says. He says, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. Let me read that again. There is another power within me that is at war with my mind, and this power makes me a slave to the sin that's still within me. Notice that Paul is talking about a war that is happening in you, and notice where he says the war takes place, right, in, my, in your mind. That there is a battle in your brain, and this is part of the reason for why you get mentally fatigued, okay, because that's going on all the time. Every day, 24-7, there is a battle in your head, whether you're aware of it or not, whether you're conscious of it or not. And, and again, why does the battle happen in your mind? Why is that the place for the battleground? Because your thoughts are shaping your life, right? The enemy's not an idiot, okay? The devil's not stupid. You could say a lot of things about him, but he's not dumb, okay? And so where do you think the enemy is going to come against you? In your mind, right? In your thoughts, because he knows that if he can capture your thoughts, he can capture you. He knows that if he can own your thoughts, he can own you. This is why when Jesus speaks about the devil, he refers to him as what? As the liar and the father of lies. For, for all the many ways that we like to think about the devil, right? I mean, pitchfork and horns and right all, all the stuff that the devil does. The weapon of the enemy is lies. That, that, that's how he works against you. And guess where lies get planted? In your mind. Our mind is the battleground. So we have to be aware of them, of where the attack against us really comes from. See, we, we even like to think that, we, and we say this all the time, right? Uh, and again, I, sometimes it's semantics, so I don't like get crazy. But, but a lot of times, it's important still how we think about it. We go, we go, oh man, I'm just being attacked. But a lot of times when we say that, we're talking about this person, Right? I'm being attacked because this person. I'm being attacked because this circumstance. I'm being attacked. And it's all out there somewhere. You know what I mean? But, but like where's the attack really happening? Right here. This is where it's happening. Now, now those things might be used to get at this, but those are not the thing. This is. Okay? Are you with me? Okay. Here's the third reason your mind matters. You can write this down. Because my mind is a key to peace within. Why, why is your mind so important? Because your mind is actually a key for you to have peace within your being. Peace may be something that you can feel, but it isn't born out of your feelings. It is born out of your thoughts. And, and our thoughts, our, our thinking will either result in a life of, of tension or a life of trusting in God. A life of stress or a life of certainty. There will either be never-ending conflict within us or the peace of God ruling and reigning in us. Peace isn't something that we ultimately find out here. It's something we experience here. 
by having our mind fixed, by having our mind set upon and focused in the right place. Here's what the prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah 26, 3, and he says this about God. Okay, he's talking about God to us in Isaiah 26, verse 3. He says, you, God, you will keep, listen, in perfect peace. I don't, I, I, I'll be honest, I don't even know what perfect peace is. I'm not sure I've ever experienced perfect peace. Okay, but 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 apparently it's available. Okay, so like I feel like I've known peace. I'm not sure about perfect peace, but but he says you God will keep in perfect peace those whose thoughts are fixed on you. You will keep in perfect peace those whose thoughts, whose mind is set upon you, God. Your mind is a key to experiencing true peace in your life. And that happens according to God's word when your mind is filled with his thoughts and your mind is set upon him. So again, your, your mind's kind of a big deal, yeah? It's directing your life. It's a battleground where we war against the enemy and it is a key to a life filled with peace. So, so, so of course, Jesus is going to address our mind, right? He, he's like, look, your mind's an important part. Your mind's a big deal. It's a really big deal. I, I know, yeah, yeah, you, you guys love to feel some stuff. You, you, you love to say, man, my heart, my heart, my heart. And Jesus is like, yeah, your heart, great. Let me tell you about your mind. Don't forget about your mind. Don't fall asleep in your mind. Love God with all of your mind. What does that mean? How, how, how do you do that, really? Well, let me first just say that loving God with our minds, in the same way that as we talked about loving God with our heart, doesn't ultimately begin with us. It does begin with God, okay? So the way that the Bible talks about the natural mind, it talks about the natural mind apart from God as a mind that is, uh, that is hardened, as a mind that is depraved, as a mind that is darkened, as a mind that's futile, as a mind that is foolish, and as a mind that suppresses truth. Okay, that, that's what the, how the Bible talks about the mind that is apart from God. Okay, so it is only by a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit awaking us to faith in Jesus Christ, that we are able then to love God with our mind. You can't just on your own mind yourself into loving Jesus. But a response then, our response to his love, to his grace, is then in turn, to love him with all of our mind. Now, I, I, I don't know about you, but, but I, I think that most people don't generally equate love and mind in the same sentence, right? And certainly not culturally, we don't do that. In fact, the way we generally speak about love is love is, love is kind of passive. Like, it, like, what do we say in our culture? Man, I fell in love. Like, it, it just happened. Like, I was walking, and it's like, poof, you know, like, Boom, I'm in love. Isabel. Like, I didn't even see that coming. I don't know what happened. Right? Like totally unaware. We fall into it. That, that, that's not how the Bible talks about love though. Okay? While, while we can feel love, love requires our mind because ultimately you cannot love what you don't know. Nothing is ultimately truly in the heart that isn't in the mind. A mindless love is not love. A mindless love is really no love at all. So what does it mean to love God with all of our mind? 
okay? Real quick, I'm gonna, let me give you three things. One, it means pursuing to know God. How do I love God with my mind? It means I pursue to know him. I seek to know him, okay? In order for us to love God more, we have to know him more deeply. Knowing is this deep and personal and intimate and relational kind of knowing. Love assumes that I have a knowledge of the one that I profess to love. It would be really weird if you didn't know me and I came into a room and you were hanging out there and I was like, man, I love my wife. And you were like, oh, man, that's awesome. Tell me about her. What's she like? What's she into? What's she doing? I was like, I don't really know. Right? Like, well, I mean, like, I just love her. I don't, I mean, but, like, what do you love about her? I mean, what do you, what, I, I don't know, I don't really know her. I just love her. You know what I'm saying? Like, you'd be like, this guy's weird, right? You, you wouldn't go like, man, he really does love her. You'd be like, I don't think he's, I think he needs some help, right? We, we don't love apart from knowing. We love and love more deeply as we know. How many of you guys know that? Like, how many of you know that you can't really love someone you don't really know, right? And, and how many of you know that you can't really know someone unless you learn of them? So, like, unless you actually spend time with them, unless you're actually, like, with them and letting them, like, listening to them and letting them share themselves with you, you, you don't really know them. You might, you might be able to have, like, an impression of them from a distance, but, but you don't actually know them. So, so how do we know God then? Well, here, here's a really good way to know God. <laughs> right? Like, like this is amazing right here. Like this is why this book matters so much. This is why it's so important because this is God's words to us. This is God telling us about himself. You say like, man, I just want to know you, God. God says, great, I want you to know me too. Here. Right? I spent more than 3,000 years, right, some 70,000 words, 31,000 verses, 1,100 chapters, and 66 books, all so you could know me. That's commitment if you ask me, right? Like, and God wanted us to know him so well and to know him so good that he wrote it down, right, so that you wouldn't forget it. You know how easy it is that we forget things about people? God's like, I'm going to put it all down. You can have this forever, He didn't want you to lose it. He didn't want you to be confused about who he was and who he is. Ultimately then for us, one of the things that we have to know is that we cannot truly in our heart of hearts say that we want to know God and love God with this book being closed. If we have a life absent of opening the word of God, we cannot in our heart of hearts say that we want to know him and love him. Here's what God says in Jeremiah chapter 9, verses 23 and 24. God says this. He says, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. But let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me. That I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. What does God delight in? What, what, what just makes God's heart just, just burst? What does what, what God get excited about? The fact that you understand and know him. And he has given to you and to me his word so that we can. And, and listen to me, I'm not saying that there aren't other ways by which God reveals himself. Okay? So, so it's not just like, well, 
All there is is the Bible, and God doesn't do any other thing, right? So, like, yes, of course, like, we have the Holy Spirit, and God puts us in the community of believers, and, and God ministers and speaks to us in our prayer, and, and as we work, all, all these kinds of things. But what I would say to you is this, is that there is no other means by which we have a fuller revelation of who God is than his word. God wants you to know him. And Jesus says, now, now here's the other thing I want you to pick up on. Jesus says to love the Lord your God with all of your mind. God is not primarily interested in you telling him about what other people think about him. He, he comes to you and to me and, and, and really to all of us the same way that he does to Peter. Okay, remember Peter? Jesus is like, look, I know everybody has something to say about me. There's all kinds of thoughts out there. There's all kinds of opinions. But he, what does he say? He says, but what about you? He says to Peter, who do you say that I am? I want to hear from you, Peter. And guess what? God wants to hear from you. Far too many of us don't pursue God or love him with our minds. So we don't have our own thoughts about who he is from being with him. We, we, we simply listen to other people's thoughts about God and then sort of regurgitate that back. And, and so we get into this habit then and we read all the Christian books and we got our favorite podcast and blogger and whoever else it is. And don't get me wrong, those things can be helpful. Uh, um, God gives us teachers and people to help encourage us, right? But, but those are other people's thoughts about God. What do you think about him? What, do you, what are your thoughts about God from you having been with him? From you having opened up his word and let him speak to you? God wants you to know him for yourself from you having been with him. Not simply through the understanding and insights of somebody else. One of the things we have to know about this book is it's not just, this is, a, this is a love letter from God to you. Okay? This is, a, a, a le, this is like, this is more than simply context and application. This is more than something you study so you have something to say in a small group or, or a study or Bible study or whatever. This is a love letter from your father to his beloved. And that's you. When my wife and I were dating um, way back in a day, um, we, there weren't cell phones. I know, it's crazy. Um, some of you young people are like, what? There was a time there weren't cell phones? My mind, right? What did, what did you do without Candy Crush, right? How we drove on cave walls and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, Anyways, so, so there, were, there weren't cell phones, and, and my wife's family in particular wasn't really big on us calling. Um, you know, like that's back when you had to like call, you had to like make a long distance call and it cost extra money. Um, and so we wrote letters. Uh, and, and that's what we did. Is, um, and so we lived in different places, and, and through the whole summer we wrote each other letters. And, and, and that was one of the, that was the, so I, I, my wife and I really, that was our first real getting, we started connecting at the end of the school year, and then we moved back home. And it was that summer of just writing letters that we really started to, to, to build the depth of that relationship. And I really got to know her. Now let me tell you what would have been weird. Um, it would have been really weird if my wife um, 
my girlfriend at the time, if this person I say I love, she's writing me these letters. She wants to review, tell me about herself and tell me about how she feels and all that stuff. And that letter comes in, and then, and like one of my buddies is there, is like, hey man, could you just read this? Give me the quick summary, um, and just give me your thoughts on what you think about it, right? And, like, that would be really strange. Like, oh, did you get my letter? Yeah, my buddy Andy read it. Uh, he told me, like, he said these things or whatever. And she's like, I didn't actually say that. Um, that w- but, but that's kind of how we are with God. You know what I mean? Like, God's like, man, I got this for you. I want you to know me. I want to reveal myself to you. I want to teach me. I want to teach you about me. And we go, hey, could, could, you tell, could, could you just read this and tell me about it? Right? And again, don't get me wrong, like, like there's a place for teaching and preaching and all that. Of course there is, but God wants you to know him for you. He wants you to love him with your mind, not someone else's. To know him is to love him, and the more that you know him, the more you will love him. Here, here's the second thing that it means. What does it mean? To love God with your mind. It means thinking godly thoughts. How do you love God with your mind? You think God thoughts. Remember that your thoughts are shaping your life. So, so what you are thinking about is either moving you in the way of God or away from it. So, so, so we need to think right, or, or, or maybe better said would be to say that we need to think on what is true. The, Because the real battle in our minds, right, as we already said, the real battle in our minds is is a battle of truth versus lies. And and, and the one we agree with, the truth or the lie, is ultimately going to be the one directing our life. How many of you guys are brave enough and humble enough to realize that not every thought you have is a good one? Okay? Thank you. Okay. I hate to tell you, like, you're, you're, you're amazing, okay, God made you amazing, but like not everything you think is good, okay? And, and it's not only that not every thought that you have isn't good, there, there's even a lot of other thoughts that you have that seem good, but they're just not true, okay? So like part of the problem for us is that we tend to evaluate thoughts by how we perceive their goodness or badness, so, so we go, we go, man, does this feel good, sound good? Does this, does, does it, do other people think this is good? Does the world agree that this is good or is this bad? God's evaluation of good and bad is not maybe the same as most other people's. That's the wrong criteria. It's not whether you decide it's good or bad. It's whether it is true or whether it's false. Whether it is truth or whether it is a lie. Loving God with your mind isn't just about knowing him okay it's about having a mind that is set upon him thinking like jesus jesus is the model for us to follow some some of you guys hear that and you're like but he was jesus right like come on he was jesus he was god you know like of course he did it right of course he all all that kind of stuff right like what was jesus gonna do like like because jesus didn't have any problems right I mean, have you read the Gospels? Have you read about the life of Jesus? Did you ever read that and think, oh, man, easy, Jesus, you know? What are you so stressed about, right? Like, you, you read, listen, the Bible says that Jesus was so stressed that he sweat blood. Raise your hand if you've ever been that stressed in this room. 
right? Like, you got nothing on Jesus, okay? Like, this Jesus under, Jesus knows. The Bible tells us that Jesus was stressed, that Jesus was burdened, right? That, that, that Jesus was frustrated, that he was upset, that he was attacked, that, that he dealt with conflict, he dealt with loss, he dealt with pressure, he dealt with all the things that you and I deal with, and probably then some, I think, is fair to say. So he understands, and because he does, this is what 1 Peter 4, 1 says to us. It says, since Jesus went through everything you're going through. Since Jesus went through everything you're going through and more, it says, learn to think like him. Since Jesus went through everything you're going through and more, learn to think like him. Jesus has been there, okay? Jesus has already been where you are. He's already dealt with what you're dealing with. There's nothing that you're going through that he hasn't himself endured. So learn to think like him. And here's the, here's the amazing thing. We can. We can. The Bible tells us in, in, in 1 Corinthians 2.16, it tells us that we have the mind of Christ. That, that, that God has given to us in Christ a mind able to understand and comprehend what is heavenly, godly, good, and true. This is why Colossians 3 verse 2 says to us, it says, set your mind on things above, on heavenly things, not on earthly things. You have an ability in Christ to set your mind, have, to have your mind set in such a way um, that, that you are able then to look at yourself, to look at God, to look at other people, to look at your circumstances, to look at the world all from heaven's perspective. All, all from the perspective of heaven because you have the mind of Christ. Th that word set, when it says set your mind, it, it literally means um, to seek or strive after. It means to be intent upon. So setting your mind on the things of God, on things above, is literally to seek after and to know God's mind on a matter, okay? It's to meditate, it's to ruminate on that, which means that we can't be seeking, things, seeking to think according to uh, what we want something to be. We seek after thinking about how God thinks about something. It's why then why, why we need our minds to be filled and our minds continually filled with the word of God. Because our mind can store all kinds of stuff, yeah? We learned that already. Your mind is taking in stuff all the time. So, so you, we don't get to be like, well, you know, um, I, I, don't, I don't really have time to be with the Lord today. I really didn't, I really didn't have time to get in God's word today. What, what, do you, what is your mind going to be filled with? What, what is gonna, what's going to happen when your mind is simply given to what's ever happening and going on around you? This is why we hear King David in, in the Psalms. You see him in Psalm 1. He, he says, look, the blessed life is a life that's lived in response to meditating upon the Word of God. The, 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 a, a life that's ultimately a really blessed life, and I, I've never met a person who would say, I don't want a blessed life. Um, but, 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 but according to King David, the blessed life is lived in response to meditating upon God's Word. To, to meditate means that like, I'm literally chewing on that all the time. It's not something that's passive. It's actually something active. It's, in, it's intentional. So many people fall victim to their own thoughts because they simply go along with whatever they think. Okay, they don't actually challenge their own thoughts. But in order for us to have right thinking, you actually have to think about what you're thinking about. You, you, gotta you have to consider the thought. 
okay? God's word is, is meant then, like, we're, we're meant to, like, come to God and, say, and, and ask ourselves, like, why am I thinking this? What is this about? Where is this coming from, right? Like, like God, what do you think about this? God, how do you see this? What do you say about this? What do you feel about this? What, do you, what would you do with this, right? God's word is meant to inform our thoughts and our perspective and, and our lives, and we have to be mindful of that because, because sometimes what we do is we, we come to God's word even incorrectly. We're simply looking for scripture to support what we already think rather than formulating what we think by the scripture. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so, so, so an example, like, like you get an idea in your head that something doesn't feel good, it seems wrong, okay, it's, it feels wrong to you, it seems wrong, you don't like it, maybe it's uncomfortable for you. And so you have this thought without even realizing that we have thoughts that are born out of all different places. We have bias. We have preferences, okay? And they're born out of these places within us. And so what you do then is you go to Scripture and you open it up in search of Scriptures that will support what you already think about that. To, to establish, help you establish a position you have. Rather than coming to the Scriptures to establish your position and have your thoughts be based from there. Listen, you can't love God with your mind, by living according to what you think. You, you love him with your mind by submitting yourself to what he thinks, to what he has to say, which means that ultimately to love God with your mind requires a great deal of humility and faith because humility is necessary. Otherwise, our pride is going to keep us just holding on to what we already think about something. I have to have the humility to say, I don't know everything and I don't know the answer. But I have to have the faith to say, God, you do. Right? I have to be able to trust that, that God actually has the answer for me and to walk in that. So loving God with all your mind is to have a mind that is set on him, filled with him, filled with his thoughts, with his perspective, with his wisdom that ultimately results in a life of trusting in him and obeying him. Here, here, here's the last one I'll give you um, about loving God with all your mind. To, to love God with all your mind means using your mind fully to the glory of God. What does it mean to love God with your mind? It means use your mind to the glory of God. Um, the great uh, UNICEF slogan, um, my friend Neil Shorey, the mind is a terrible thing to waste. Yeah. You guys remember that saying? Anybody remember that? Mind's a terrible thing to waste. And it's true, and not because they said it, okay? Like, like they, they don't really have rights to that, okay? Like, it's not true because they say it. It's true because God made that, <laughs> and God gave it to you. And God gave it to you with a purpose Right? And not to be wasted, not to just be like, well, whatever, well, I'll just think whatever, well, I'll just fill my mind with whatever. No, no, God gave you that mind for a purpose. Some people believe that Christianity means turning off your brain. No, it doesn't. Your brain has to be active and alive and working and purposeful and intentional. All those things, like, like God made you to think. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18, God says, come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. 
This is God talking, okay? To, to reason literally means to think, to understand, to order, to strategize, to form judgments and make decisions, okay? Like, like using logic. God gave you a mind and able to be able to process things and understand things and comprehend things, okay? And God wants you to use it. He wants you to use your mind for all the ways and for all the things that he uh, designed it for while remembering ultimately that your mind is meant to be the learner and not the leader, your mind is meant to be the learner, not the leader. God is the leader, and we submit our mind to him. But God says, look, put your mind to use. Learn some things, right? So, so maybe, so like a good question for us is like, how, do, how can I be using my mind? How can I be stewarding the mind God's given me for his glory? I mean, Paul went so far to write in Corinthians that, look, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it unto the glory of God. Every single thing that you can do can be done to the glory of God, to the, for the praise of God, right? For the name and the sake of God. So consider, how can I love God with all my mind in my day-to-day -day life, right? How, how, can I, how can I love God with my mind, in, 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 with my family, with my spouse, with my kids, with my friends? How can I be loving God with my mind in my job? How can I love him with my mind when I'm at school? How can I, how can I love God with my, my, my mind uh, with what I'm pursuing and how I'm spending time and, and on social media and in all the different ways? How can I be, how can, how does, how am I loving him with my mind here? Right? For, God's given so many gifts in this room, so many different ki like, kinds of things that, he, things that he's sparked in different brains. Are you stewarding that well? Look, man, like, have a, be, a, be a doctor to the glory of God. Be a nurse to the glory of God. Be a counselor to the glory of God. Be, be an engineer to the glory of God. Be a teacher to the glory of God. Be a mom to the glory of God. Well, be a dad to the glory be, be what, whatever that mind, and, and then, and man, grow in that. Let, let, learn, be a learner, be a student. God gave you this incredible mind that you could use and steward to his glory. God's given you a mind so that you can know him, to love him, and to bring him glory in all that you think and say and do. So set your mind on him, as Jesus would say, love the Lord your God with all of your mind. Yeah? I'm going to have Brandy and the team come back up. I'm just going to close this, and we're going to close with our worship, with our song. Would you guys stand with me? I'm going to just pray for us, and, and also I just want to share with you, so what do we do, right? Like, we always talk about, and I can hear, hear a message and hear a word, and where do I go with that, and what do I do? I, I, there's two things I want to invite you into, um, and, and the first is just a prayer, and I want to invite you to pray, because as I said, that, that we really need the Holy Spirit to move in us, to, to give us and to impart in us a hunger for God, a hunger to know him, a hunger to pursue him, right? But, but here's the thing that I'll tell you about God is, is that, that it's not just that, that the, you love him know, more by knowing him more. It's that, that the more you actually know him, the more you will love him. And the more that you know him, the more you want to know. Because there's no end to him, and you just keep finding out how good he is. 
And so I want to pray and I want to invite you to just pray and just to ask the Lord to just awaken in you a hunger for pursuing him and knowing him with your mind, to bringing him glory in your mind. Here's the second thing. On your way out today, um, we're going to give you uh, this little card. And, and this is an invitation to you, and, and I just want to invite you to join us in that. And, and on this card is a proverb, a psalm, and a promise. For 31 days, for the next 31 days, every single day it, on the back side of the card, it, sa- it shows you day number one. And it tells you, you know, starting in Proverbs 1 through the 31 Proverbs. And then a corresponding psalm um, that fits with that and a promise of God. I want to invite you just to, uh, to join with us in pursuing God by loving him with your mind. By opening up his word and letting him speak to you and minister to you. Maybe, maybe for you, you're somebody who already does that. Beautiful, great, awesome. But maybe you're somebody who, who getting into the word of God is a real struggle for you. Um, it, it's hard for you. Like if you're truly honest, you're like, I don't know, I do it sometimes. But it's not really something. I, well, my prayer is that this will help you. That, that, that this will help establish for you a, a, a rhythm and get you into a rhythm of seeking God in his word and letting God speak to you. By his word, so that you can know him with your mind. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thanks for this morning. God, thanks for your word. God, you want us to know you. Lord, you you made us to know you. God, you've gone to such great lengths for that to be so. Father, I pray that every single person in this room would know you. Not just know about you, not just know information about you, Lord, but that they would know you. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would awaken every single heart in this room. That you would awaken every single mind in this room to you. God, that you would put in us a hunger for you a desire, a deep longing and desire to know you. And God, that, that every time that we would believe and trust that, that God, as we dare to meet with you, that God, you will meet with us. That God, and as we know you, God, that our love for you will grow. God, you'll meet us. You always do, you meet us. God, you have so much to say to us, so much to teach us, so much to reveal to us. God, may our hearts, our minds be awakened to you. Would you just just invite the Lord right where you are and just ask him, would you just tell him, God, would you just give me a hunger for you? God, would you awaken my mind to pursue you and to know you? God wants you to know him. And he wants you to, he already knows you, okay? He knows you, but he wants you to know him for you. God, we want to know you. God, I pray that that over the course of this time as we dare to open up your word and let you minister and speak to us, that God, we would have ears to hear you. God, that our hearts would be open to receive of you and that our minds, Lord, would be set upon you, that our thoughts would be filled with you. God, that we'd meditate upon your word and Lord, that our life and our lives would be directed by what you say. That the enemy wouldn't have ground to take because our minds would be filled with the truth. God, thanks for loving us so good. 
for loving us so deep, for loving us so wide, for, for loving us so fully. God, I pray, Lord, that we would love you in response with all of our minds. In Jesus' name, amen.